This is a Federal News Network podcast. The modernization of Congress from an information technology standpoint has advanced. In the months since we last spoke to the chairman and ranking member of the select committee dealing with updating Congress, a lot has happened and there's some real money behind some real measures now. Returning with the latest developments, Washington Democrat Derek Kilmer and Georgia Republican Tom Graves. Gentlemen, good to have you back. Great to be with you. Thanks, Tom. All right, let's go over this. These are items that are, well, I shouldn't say they've passed the House, but they look like they will. The Fiscal 21 Legislative Branch Funding, which the House will take up this week. Let's start with one of the provisions that you recommended that is in that, and that is document standardization. And I think that relates to bills, correct? Tell us what's going on there. Representative Kilmer. Yeah, I'll I'll start and invite Tom to weigh in here because he's really been, been focused on this. You know, if you go back just to core principles, this committee was set up to make Congress function better on behalf of the American people. And we've tried to not just make recommendations that wouldn't go anywhere. We've tried to make recommendations that could be enacted uh, and to actually make things function better. And one of those recommendations was about trying to ensure that the general public and members of Congress could follow what's going on in the Congress more clearly. And Tom, do you want to just speak a little bit about you know the specifics of this recommendation since you've worked really hard on it? Yeah, thanks, Derek. So, Tom, really what this addresses is the ability for not only members of Congress and staff to be able to see, say, transitional changes in bill text and such, but to allow our constituents to see it also. So, for example, if you were to amend text in current law, this recommendation suggests that it should show the context in which that happens, that you're not just adding words on a piece of paper, but where do those words go and what are the text on either side of that within law? Or if you're striking text, that when the text is stricken, what is it being removed from so you see the whole that's being left, not just a piece of paper that says strike section A and B. And so that's part of the standardization, but as well, it's it's also about bringing all the technology together so that when there's bill drafting going on or offices are trying to work on some text or you're in committee drafting an amendment, that it's all using the same formatting. It's all coming together much easier for all the systems to use and ultimately for processing the legislation at the end. But as the chairman mentioned, it's really about the core principles of this committee, and that is how do we make things operate smoother, better, and more transparent so that uh, the American people um, uh, ultimately benefit. Well, a question on that, because it's a great idea, because people that read bills quickly learn that it's not all this lofty language about the intentions of Congress, but really amendments to earlier laws and substituting, as you say, this paragraph for that paragraph, and it almost becomes meaningless as you read it just by itself. But it takes a lot of work to find those references and insert them in some manner as a comment or whatever. So what will be the mechanism for actually writing bills in that manner that have those references and contexts in them? Probably the easiest way to describe this would be if you've ever worked on a Word document or a Google document in an editing mode and you see the changes occur with, from somebody else, that something was stricken and something was added. That's really what this is driving to so that people can see the context in which a change is being made. So it's already happening in our personal lives, just with our personal applications and in our business world. question is, and this is what the committee has been all about, why aren't we doing this stuff in government? And so we need to bring ourselves into the 21st century, and the chairman's done a great job of leading us in that direction. All right. And another item that is looks like it's going to be funded is bulk purchasing and baseline technology suite for offices. Representative Kilmer what does that mean? Yeah, one of our recommendations was to have the G20 
chief administrative officer of the house leverage some economies of scale by doing bulk purchasing you know right now the house is largely 435 independent contractors buying their own desktops and laptops and tablets and printers and mobile phones and desk phones and all of that happens sort of independently you know i think all of your listeners are aware of the fact that when you buy in bulk you save money and this is really just about both trying to be more efficient with taxpayers' money and also to free up some capacity for members of Congress. I mean, one of the consistent themes that we have heard in testimony throughout the existence of this committee is just the challenge of retaining capable staff. And some of that's because other costs start to crowd out the ability to compensate your staff. And if we can save money on just some of these nuts and bolts things, it hopefully provides a little bit more capacity, not just to save money for taxpayers, but hopefully to ensure that we can hang on to talented people. We are speaking with Washington Democrat Derek Kilmer and Georgia Republican Tom Graves, chair and vice chair of the Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress. And with respect to talent and people, there is $13 million in the bill for support of the chief administrative office and transition staffers to help new members. How do you envision that working? There's two different things here. One is when a new member is elected uh, for the first time. Right now, they can't bring on any staff paid until they're sworn in. And the challenge with that is there's a lot of work that has to happen before you get sworn in. You, Generally speaking, members hire most of their staff. They certainly hire a chief of staff who then works with them throughout the, the time from November to early January. And they're allowed to designate a staff person, but that person doesn't get paid, which is certainly problematic. Sometimes they'll get paid out of a campaign. So one of these recommendations which we had made that the Appropriations Committee embraced was when a new member is elected, allowing them to designate a staff person who would be compensated for that period between the election and being sworn in. So all of that work that has to happen, one, gets done so you can, you know, again, better serve the needs of your constituents, but two, that that can happen for everybody, even if they don't have capacity out of a campaign or something like that. The other recommendation was around setting up an HR hub. Again, I I come back to you have 435 largely independent entities right now. And when new members come in, they'll often ask for, you know, any sort of information around human resources. What's the processes for hiring or promoting or are there specific guidelines? And more often than not, they're kind of flying blind. And this would set up kind of a one-stop shop, a human resources hub dedicated to members and to committees to really provide that guidance. We're largely talking about trying to coordinate a bunch of existing offices and a bunch of existing functions, but under a one-stop shop. So it's, again, this gets at trying to do a better job of recruiting and retaining and having a more diverse workforce. So early, I said that this was a getting to be a done deal with respect to the IT of the Congress. But really, it's much more the modernizing effort is really extending to the way it operates in terms of people and staff, sounds like. Representative Graves? We certainly had a directive out of the rules that were passed in the House. But, you know, under the chairman's guidance, the broader mission was how can we make the House operate better for the American people? And so in some cases that relates to technology, and modernizing technology or the bulk purchasing and things like that. But in in a large part, it has to do with the functionality and 
office operations and relationship developing and professional development and skills development and access to other items or technology and such. So it's a, it is a broad brush, I guess, we've used, but it's under the chair's direction that we've done that. And and, and I guess I'll add this because I think Derek uh, understands and appreciates the impact he's made that passing not only earlier are we the first special select committee to actually pass recommendations out of a special select committee, but we've done it unanimously. But now those recommendations have been passed through an appropriations committee to be actually funded. And this is a key step because this is in the legislative branch appropriations bill, which in the House of Representatives side of it, which will not be impacted by any Senate action because it doesn't impact the Senate. And so this is well along the way of implementation and, uh, and, and hopefully being signed into law. So it's a great compliment to how the chair has led the committee. And a final question on details of this. Uh, you have devoted funds and effort to website accessibility. And again, websites, did you mean the members' individual websites, of which there are 435, or other sites that might be operated by the Congress? Well, really everything related to the institution of Congress. And again, you know, one of the commitments that every member of our committee made, Democrat and Republican, was that Congress needs to work for everybody. And, you know, there are roughly 40 million Americans in this country who uh, have a disability and they should have access to information about their government like everybody else. And so our recommendation was that all House websites, whether that be committees or individual members or anything else under the Congress, should be accessible and that the House should provide some resources and some assistance to make sure that all systems are compatible and accessible for the American people. And again, Tom spoke to this. We've really had an extraordinary collaboration as a committee. This isn't a Democratic issue or a Republican issue. This is about just every member saying, hey, Congress needs to work for everybody and making sure that information is available to everybody is a key part of that. Does this mean we'll have to wait another year for a centralized portal for flag sales? <laughs> only, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Because <laughs> I've got a few I want to we'll order. Have to put I, that on the list. <laughs> I've got a, a few friends that have become naturalized, and that's my gift to them every time is a flag that flew over the Capitol. And so, so I wish there was a faster way of getting that all done. But anyhow, Washington well, Democrat. Look, that's a great gift, though. That is a really great gift you're providing folks. And you know what? I've seen people hang them in their living rooms because they're so glad to yeah. become Americans. And I guess that's something we should never lose sight of. Wow, that's great. Washington Democrat Derek Kilmer and Georgia Republican Tom Graves are chair and vice chair of the Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress. Thank you both once again. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. The people who looked through 200 resumes to fill a job also waited 40 minutes for their internet to dial up. You don't wait 40 minutes for your internet to dial up. You use Upwork to quickly hire talent. This is how we work now. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.